Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. Welcome to So That Just Happened, a podcast for those who have lost their person and want to find themselves. I'm Carly Cooper, a single mom, widow, coach, author, and chronic truth seeker. My superpower is finding the funny, the hope, and the silver lining in any shit situation. This podcast is for the purpose of education only and is not a replacement for therapy. If you need additional support, please seek out a trained professional for help with your specific situation. Let's get to it, shall we? Hello, and thanks for joining me for this week's episode called, Who the Fuck Do You Think You Are? This title really rings true for me today because do you want to know what I was doing for over an hour prior to working on this episode? I created a passport for my dog. You heard me. I googled a passport template, then I airdropped a picture of my dog from my phone to my computer, converted the passport image to a PDF so I could edit the text, then I edited the text, and printed about six different copies of the images because I couldn't get the size right and then pasted the image on the passport. Why, pray tell, did I do this? Is my dog planning a trip? Does he even need a passport to leave the country? Would this cut and paste butcher job even be valid? No, no, and no. I created a passport for my dog for two reasons. One, my boyfriend and I created a funny name for my dog and thought it would be hilarious if he had a passport. So of course I had to take that project on. And here's the real reason. The real reason why I created a passport for my dog was because I was procrastinating in the most major way. See, episode one and episode two of this podcast felt pretty easy for me to execute, especially since episode two was an interview that was recorded back in August of 2022, so the bulk of the work was already done. But episode three and future episodes, this is where it starts to feel scary. I'm going to be vulnerable and raw, and the idea of creating and coming up with new content feels overwhelming. Insert pressure to create valuable content here. You want to know what I have in common with Mike Myers, Ricky Gervais, and Maya Angelou? We all feel like fucking frauds. So Mike Myers said, quote, I still believe that at any time the no talent police will come and arrest me, end quote. Ricky Gervais said, quote, the best advice I've ever received is no one else knows what they're doing either, end quote. And the late great Maya Angelou said, quote, I've written 11 books, but each time I think, uh-oh, they're going to find out now. I've run a game on everybody and they're going to find me out, end quote. Have you ever felt this way? It's that feeling of who the fuck do you think you are? Or the voices in your head telling you that what you have to say doesn't matter, or that you're not enough. When I initially got the idea to do this podcast, the first thing I thought was, what could I possibly have to say that hasn't been said a gazillion times? Or how is my podcast going to be different? And why will anyone care? This self-doubt has been a recurring theme in my life. I felt like a fraud when I started my coaching business back 16 years ago. I felt it when I wrote my book in 2012. 
I felt it every time I presented a workshop or was asked to speak at a conference. This, my friends, is what we in the business call imposter syndrome. And according to the very first post that came up on my Google search, imposter syndrome is defined as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persist despite evident success. Imposters suffer from chronic self-doubt and a sense of intellectual fraudulence that override any feelings of success or external proof of their competence. So if you're reinventing yourself or starting over or getting back into the dating world or changing careers, my guess is you're feeling this too. Here's how imposter syndrome can present itself. You compare yourself to others, either in your friend group or with family members, or when you're scrolling through social media and you feel like you just don't measure up, or you feel terrified that you'll be found out that you actually aren't perfect or that you don't have your shit together all the time because most days you feel like you're just getting by by the skin of your freshly whitened, newly invisaligned teeth. Or maybe you bite your tongue and you don't speak up because you feel like you need to know more in order to be taken seriously or respected. Or you're scared to voice your actual beliefs about things because they go against the grain or their unpopular opinions. Or you procrastinate. You try and please everybody or you attempt to get things perfect before you create or share something. Does any of this sound familiar? I want you to know that you're not alone and there's nothing wrong with you. I felt all of these things many times in my business and in my life, especially right before I was about to leap into a new venture or create a new program or basically just put the pieces of my life back together after my husband died. I always felt like there was something about me that needed to be fixed. And back when I was building my coaching business, I felt that I had to invest in another training or another certification in order to feel more qualified that I had to keep reading all the books and listen to all the podcasts and do exactly what the gurus and my mentors were doing, because if it worked for them, it had to work for me and it had to be the only way to be successful. And I was completely confused and frustrated because even though I felt like I was working hard and doing all the things I needed to do, I still felt empty and unfulfilled and exhausted and demotivated and drained. And I didn't get to where I needed to go or where I wanted to go. So what I didn't realize at the time was that I was actually doing more harm than good by thinking that I needed to do more and be more in order to achieve success and happiness. Because here's the thing. Most people aren't taught how to go about reaching their goals or achieving success or advocating for themselves in a healthy way. We're taught that you have to spend your time and your energy on strengthening your weaknesses, that you have to pay your dues and struggle to get to what you want, that you have to hustle and sacrifice time away from your family and friends, that you have to approach your job or your role or your life in the exact same way that your mentors, your peers, or dare I say it, celebrities do. This just in, they are not just like us. I'm telling you from personal experience, that approaching your life or work from an energy of pressure, scarcity, hustle, inauthenticity, it literally blocks you from getting what you want. And my journey hasn't been an easy one even prior to my husband's death. 
And I don't say that for pity. I'm sharing my experiences because I want to offer hope and guidance based on what I've learned along the way. I remember years ago having my confidence completely shattered. I was asked to speak for a mom and baby class. And at the time I was a life coach, a new mom myself, and, and an author of a book called Balance the Motherload. So I walked into that room feeling pretty confident and qualified to share my wisdom with these exhausted mothers. And after I was done presenting, I asked if there were any questions or comments. And I remember there was this one mom with a, and, and she was exhausted. Like I could see the tired and the stress and just like the overwhelm in her face. And she, she was like on the verge of tears. She had a shaky voice and her lip was quivering and she shared with the group her struggles. And I answered in the most empathetic, sincere way. I said, I feel your pain because I was pretty much in the trenches of motherhood right with them. I was just at the stage where you kind of care enough to put concealer under your eyes to try and desperately hide the dark circles. They were still caught in the, I don't give a shit if I have puke on my sweatshirt, I just desperately need some adult interaction stage. So right after my presentation, the facilitator of the group pulled me aside and basically ripped me a new one. She scolded me and she said, you shouldn't remind these moms about their pain. They're struggling enough. And even though I secretly gave her the finger in my purse, I felt utterly deflated, like the ultimate gut punch. That 30 second exchange derailed me. And it was the reason that the growth of my business came to a screeching halt. For the next year, I was terrified to speak up about anything I believed in because I was so afraid of offending someone or being criticized again. So I basically hid behind my computer, playing it safe and small because I allowed my limiting thoughts, my limiting beliefs, the self-doubt, I, I allowed it all to control me. And I convinced myself that I had nothing valuable to offer, that I, that I wasn't valuable enough. But then I had one of two miscarriages, the first one. And a voice inside me said, you need to share this story, no holds barred. And I decided to listen to that inner guidance. So I wrote a blog post sharing my story and that's when everything shifted. Women came out of the woodwork thanking me for my honesty. My truth and my story basically gave them permission to share, the, to share theirs without any shame. And it turned out to be a cathartic experience for all of us. So after that experience, I made an unwavering commitment to myself that I would no longer allow my fears and limiting beliefs and self-doubt stop me from speaking my truth and being my authentic self. And I would no longer silence my voice and worry about what other people thought of me. I just, I just wasn't going to do it anymore. Now, don't get me wrong. I still have these old thoughts and beliefs creep up and revisit every now and then. And they may slow me down temporarily and give me a pause, but they don't stop me. Ultimately, I keep moving forward. And it's because I rewired my brain by immersing myself deeper into the personal growth and development world. I did a ton of reading. I attended so many seminars and invested in coaching programs, and I learned how to have a growth mindset. 
and tap into the guidance of the universe and the law of attraction. And I used essential oils and other energy healing modalities to naturally calm my mind and heal my body. And I dug deep and figured out where my insecurities came from, why I had a deep need for outside validation and approval. And doing this mindset work and learning how to love and trust myself created the shifts that I needed. It gave me the confidence and the freedom that my soul craved. So all of these tools and strategies, they helped me tremendously after my husband died. It was almost like I had muscle memory and I just intuitively knew how to move forward. Now, by no means am I saying it was easy. Just because I had the tools didn't mean I always felt like using them, but at least I felt like I had a direction and a way of being and thinking that felt relatively healthy. And because I felt like I'd already been kicked in the ovaries a bunch of times and I always recovered, I felt more resilient and confident to make choices and decisions that felt right for me and not worry about what other people thought. So the first thing I decided was to put all of my coaching work on hold until further notice. So I took a year away from social media. I didn't post and I rarely looked to see what others were up to. And I took the time to really get to know myself without distraction to figure out who I was now, what I valued most now, what didn't work for me anymore. And I got clear about what I needed now. So basically I was creating a new normal and a new version of me. And by really taking the time and putting myself first and really honoring what was coming up for me, something shifted. It's like, even though I still had moments of fear and self-doubt and that feeling of who the fuck do you think you are, I also felt this freedom to just be me unapologetically. I'm going to say that a lot because it's, it's, it's huge. It almost felt like I fucking dare you to challenge that. Now, nobody did, but I was ready just in case. And it's funny. I almost felt like I got a free pass for the year. Like in my mind, you know, when old people have no filter and somehow they're forgiven for what they say or do because they're old and they've been through a lot, I kind of felt like that because other people didn't really know how I was doing other than my close friends and family. I wasn't posting on social media and I just kind of like cocooned and kept to myself and people didn't really know how to be in front of me because of their own projection or discomfort which I completely understand and I don't fault them for it. I know how awkward it can be and it can be uncomfortable. So in my mind, I felt like I could just freely say no to things I didn't want to do and everyone would just understand and they wouldn't challenge me on it. Whereas before I always felt obligated or guilty, or I put my own needs last in order to make others feel happy and comfortable. But now I granted myself permission to put myself first, to be honest with my feelings and just say, fuck it. This chick gets first priority. And for a highly sensitive empath to be able to freely and unapologetically live this way, it was like my version of the Willy Wonka golden ticket. And I've said it before, and I'll probably repeat it a lot more throughout this podcast. Going through the trauma that I experienced and having gone through two miscarriages and just other hard stuff in my life and making it 
always making it to the other side. I feel bulletproof now. Like other shit that would have typically brought me down or derailed me, it still affects me, but it doesn't destroy me. So let's go back to imposter syndrome. I still feel it. And whenever I take on a new challenge, like starting this podcast or dating again after 27 years or putting myself back out there to perform on stage after a three-year hiatus or do anything that really takes me out of my comfort zone and scares the shit out of me, instead of letting the imposter syndrome stop me and listening to those asshole voices in my head saying, who the fuck do you think you are? I can now confidently say, who the fuck am I not to take this on? So I hope you're not offended by my swearing. When I get passionate about something, the words just fly out. And can we all just agree that there really is no better word in the English language than the word fuck? I mean, come on. But I digress. I believe because we are human, we will all feel some degree of fear, anxiety, and self-doubt whenever we put ourselves out there in a new way. But instead of backing down or convincing yourself of all the reasons why you can't or you shouldn't, you have to pay attention to the thoughts that are coming in and make sense of them and then make friends with them. And doing that kind of mindset shift work, that's what's helped me get to the other side where I am today. Not perfect, but happy and being able to get out there again and move forward. So while I still feel scared and insecure and full of self-doubt and I want to eat my feelings, I eventually do what I set out to do, even if I make dog passports first. So I want to go back and touch on a few ways imposter syndrome can show up and share a few strategies to overcome it. So let's start with comparing yourself to others. President Theodore Roosevelt said that comparison is the thief of joy. Dude knew what he was talking about. Whenever you compare yourself to someone else, you will either feel superior or inferior to them. And either outcome isn't a healthy way to think. But for most, especially those who have imposter syndrome, they feel less than when they look and see what others are up to. The comparison makes you doubt your own ability to be successful. It can trigger your insecurities and remind you of how far you still have to go. It can make you feel like you need to be someone you're not and it can force you into a box and stifle your creativity. Most people just post the best of version of their story. They rarely show you the blood, sweat, and tears and the hot mess moments that went into their quote unquote overnight success story. We compare the beginning of our journey to their middle or end. So it's not a fair comparison and it's always gonna leave you feeling like shit or discouraged and disheartened. So strategy number one is to stay in your own lane. Put your blinders on. Focus on your strengths and delegate your weaknesses. Remind yourself that this is your journey and there is no straight line to success or healing or one, or one right way to get there. Even what I share with you today or in future episodes, don't take my word as gospel. It's one way, not the only way. You have to see what feels good and right for you and what resonates. And if something doesn't feel good or right for you, or it feels off in any way, pay attention to that and course correct until it feels like a better fit. Your experience is unique to you and it's necessary. 
because the lessons that you're going to learn along the way are meant to be learned by you. So I'd love for you to take a moment now and if you're driving, just think about this, but if you're able to write this down, write it down. Um, What's your greatest strength? What makes you unique? And are you nurturing it and honoring that? And if not, what's getting in the way? Just take a couple minutes and just think about that and write it down. Okay, on to the next point. So there's a myth floating around that if you feel fear or resistance when you're working towards your next level of growth or a goal, that it means it's not meant to be. And many of these, many of us take these uneasy feelings as a sign that we should give up on our dreams and or settle for a safe and secure job that will pay the bills or we shouldn't put ourselves back out there in the dating world because it feels too scary or we're too old or we look like shit or whatever it is. And I'm going to do a whole episode on that one because I have a lot to say there. But I want you to know that actually the opposite is true. The mind is literally programmed and hardwired to keep us stuck and in our safe comfort zone. So anytime you feel emotionally or physically threatened, whether you're in actual danger or not, your body is going to trigger the fight or flight response to prepare you. And this response happens whether you're actually being chased by a bear or your car breaks down on the side of the highway. This response can even happen when just when you think about all the logistical details that have to get done before noon, just to keep all the balls in the air. So the occasional fight or flight response, it's actually a good thing. It's your body and mind's way to protect you from real danger. And that's how people survived back in the day. But most people live in this chronic state of stress, worry, and anxiety. They're sweating the small stuff every day. And 9.5 times out of 10, these worries and fears are only stories created in their mind. And even if they do come true, they aren't they, they often aren't as bad as we imagine them to be. So veering outside of where you naturally feel safe and secure, it feels scary and uncomfortable. And here's what I want you to really take away from this. It always will. You're moving into unknown territory and that means you're no longer in control and you're vulnerable. And that doesn't feel good for anybody. So this is when that fight or flight response kicks in. I just want you to accept that you're never going to get rid of fear and resistance completely. So stop avoiding it and using that as the reason and excuse that you believe you aren't ready or you're good enough to step into whatever it is you need to step into a new goal, dating, you know, a new career, whatever it is. I just don't want it to stop you from playing bigger or wanting more for yourself. So the key is recognizing when your fear and resistance show up and accepting that they're a natural and normal part of the growth process and then thank them. It's about shifting your perspective by using these emotions as a measure that you're actually on the right track. So it's not a sign that you shouldn't, it's a hell yes that you should. Your life experiences have prepared you for where you are right now and you're gonna continue to learn along the way it now becomes a choice of what you're going to do with this knowledge and education. So now I want you to think about or write down how resistance and fear shows up for you. Do you procrastinate? Do you avoid? Do you repress it down? Do you head over to the snack drawer? 
You don't have to share this with anyone, so I want you to at least be honest with yourself. Okay, on to the last point. I want you to think about or write down someone who you work with or who's a mentor, someone you follow on social media, a friend, a family member, just someone who is like the bee's knees in your eyes. And what personality or character trait do they have that you admire? What kind of energy do they naturally exude? Is it their ability to be vulnerable, to show up unapologetically? Is it their confidence, their sense of humor, their way of connecting and drawing you in? Whatever it is about them that attracts you to their energy and essence is actually a mirror of what you already have inside you that is just waiting to come out to play. We see others around us and assume that they're successful because they have this innate confidence to put themselves out there in a big way, that there's just their personality or they were born that way. And just because we think we're shy or an introvert, or we get scared and sweaty before we do anything nerve wracking, we think we just don't have it in us. I call bullshit. It's an excuse and a false story that we tell ourselves. So strategy number three is to take imperfect action. People aren't born confident. The only way to become confident is to find the courage first and do the hard things. To feel the fear and resistance and act in spite of it. And it's getting really clear about what you want, why you believe so strongly in it, and taking the imperfect and aligned action consistently day after day. That's what builds confidence. It's not waiting for the right and perfect time. That's never going to come. It's not waiting until you know more. You know enough and are enough right now. It's not when you're making a certain amount of money or have a title or a status. Those are just numbers and letters. Act as if you are already the person you want to become because he or she is in there. Grant him or her permission and give yourself the safe space to rise up and shine bright. Okay, my friends, I would love to hear from you. So either send me a private message on Facebook or Instagram, or leave a comment and share one takeaway that you're getting from this episode. Or how do you feel now versus when you started listening? Did you get any breakthroughs? Were there any shifts or aha moments? I want to leave you with this quote from Marie Forleo. She said, quote, be humble. Not knowing something doesn't make you a fraud. It makes you a student, end quote. So I want you to keep learning and being a student of life. The lessons are endless if you open your mind and your heart to receive them. Thank you so much for spending this time with me, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now. All right, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to this So That Just Happened podcast. I really hope you found value in this episode and that you're walking away with at least one golden nugget that you can implement or feel inspired by. I would be so grateful if you would share it with one friend or family member who is committed to moving forward and transforming their life. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode and please leave me a review. It would mean so much to me. Also, follow me on Facebook and Instagram at, at @coachcarly. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.